We rolling. Is it ro- is it recording right now? Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get back to Columbus to do uh, Man Up by four. But it is my brother's birthday, so I might just go back to Alabama. Go hang out with my brother. Go back to Alabama. Hey, what was we just talking about? I know where you belong, Jenny. Blame Greenbow, Alabama. What a cultural movie, dude. Do you think our generation allowed Hollywood to shape the perception of ourselves? Yes. And not only that, the perception of reality as a just as a whole. Uh, people don't understand guns because of action movies. Like people have an opinion about guns that don't even own a gun. Is that you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the way that they like it's funny the like what people consider uh, an AR, and they don't even know what AR stands for. They think assault rifle. No, it's it's Armalite rifle. Like, it's it's weird that they don't even understand the terminology. What is is Armalite the brand? It's uh, yes yeah, type, I guess. Yeah, we we did we had to pop a Google on that, and it might not even be Armalite, but I, I'm ninety percent on that. So it doesn't stand for assault or automatic. No, no, it does not stand for that at all. Now, but in movies, when you have that AK forty seven, or if you have that AR fifteen. Well, that dude is spitting out some rounds, and it's spitting out a bunch. And then, like, when people say, like, you don't need, if you need more than nine rounds to hunt, you're not a good hunter. This is someone who has clearly never been hunting, because when you're in the woods, you need, I would, I'd like to go with 25, 30 rounds. Why? Just in case something happens. You ever heard of a wild boar? You ever heard of a, a mountain lion? You ever heard of... There's predators in the woods, and maybe things don't always just go peachy. And sometimes, even if you're shooting a deer, sometimes one ain't enough. That's or, true. Or maybe you get you get more than one in one sitting. Maybe you miss and you get another shot. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen, right? Maybe you're going to target practice. Yeah. A lot of things can happen. And then even, like, on the road, hell... The wilderness, to me, is safer than, like, our cities. I mean, and that's because, like, the places that have the most gun violence are places that you're not even legally able to own a gun. And, like, people don't understand, like, if you outlaw guns, if you take the Second Amendment away, that don't mean anything to someone who doesn't obey the law anyway. That's not going to affect the gangs or the cartel. They... Better not fuck with our guns. That's all I got to say. <coughs> I don't disagree with that. Um, and I, I love talking about this. I mean, it's like... The perception that people have on guns is just ridiculous. And I'll be across the table with somebody, and we'll get to talking about firearms. And... Like just from their position that they're given, I can tell like they didn't they weren't raised around them they don't know about them they they don't they're not trained with them they they don't know it's they don't have that cultural view, and I guess it's just easy to be frightened or to want to ban something that you don't understand 
Does that make sense? It does. I think that's a lot of it. I think a lot of what we disagree on politically has very much to do with our upbringing and our culture and our lack of ability to understand one another's culture in which we did not come up in or have experience in. That's why, like, I think Joe Rogan is respected and viewed as credible because he's had a very unique all-American experience. He has not spent a majority of his life in one part of the country. I agree with that. Boston, Florida, San Francisco. California. Los Angeles, now Texas. Mm -hmm. Obviously traveled a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a smart guy. But my point is is that – And not only that, Fear Factor, a successful stand-up comic, and a UFC announcer. Yes, and I think his his. Um, and by the way, his, a hunter. His fortunate hunt. yes, his fortunate circumstances in being able to travel, or his life taking him all those different places throughout his life. He's void of one cultural perspective. Yeah. So he he has a a grasp on what a lot how a lot of different people feel. I can't wait till like you continue to expand with your numbers and people who are listening to the county line to where you'll have like uh someone from los angeles or someone from new york city that writes you and tells you it's like you know i the main draw may be the way that you talk i just enjoy that but also the way that you approach ideas i would have never got there because i i didn't understand you and now like i think that's some that's something that i found with poor style dude we're nearing 500 episodes right is when I talk to people from not from the South, not from Alabama, not from Mississippi, like they was like, I've been hanging out with you long enough with the show that I kind of feel like I know you. And I almost like when something comes up, I almost already know what you're going to think about it. <laughs> Ain't that wild? It is wild. It's like, sounds like you got a fan. It's proof of work. Also, you know, it's, I put in the time, and we built this platform up, and it's something that you can hang with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's man. Shout out to it, man. Thanks for listening. You know, it's, it's why we do it. You know, it's like the old Mitch Hedberg joke with uh, uh, satellite radio, and the set. He was going for an interview, and the satellite radio host said, "You can swear on here." He's yeah, no shit. I can swear in the woods too, because no one's gonna fucking hear it. <laughs> that was his response. Uh-huh. And you know, Mitch Hedberg's style was very short and jumpy to that. It's like real punchy with his jokes. Mm-hmm. I bought a parrot. The parrot talked. It did not say it was hungry, so it died. Just zingers. Mm-hmm. Back to back to back. R.I.P. to a legend, dude. Is that what you call economy of words? <laughs> that is the definition. That is sh- straight to the point. <laughs> I found that to be a struggle in the couple of times that I've gone to open mics. Yeah. To, oh, how to, many times have you gone though? Just twice. I don't even know if I'm gonna go back. Shit, dude, keep going. Unless, hell, I mean, maybe that's what you were wanting to discover. I mean, that's the, what you told me when, like, when we were talking about you coming up and playing mine. Is I just want to see if I got it in me. Yeah, and that 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 uh that urge has decreased since doing it twice i don't know what that reason is 
But I, that's what was going to be my next question is like, why? It's like, well, I satiated that hunger. Like, I got that. Uh, I think I, that's a lot I, of it. I fed that dog. Yeah. Of Now, if the opportunity presents itself again, I'm not saying that I won't do it. But. Man, what's great about, like, a lot of the folks, which, uh, well, Lauren, Lauren's creative. She does, like, poetry. But, like, with a lot of podcasters I know that I hang out with or I'll come on their show or they come on mine, mm-hmm. is the one thing that we have in common is, like, we're extremely creative, like, in multiple outlets. Like, man, I was so encouraged and inspired by you, like, with the stand-up because, like, I've you know, since I've known you, I was like, I know that I know you as a as a musician, as an artist, mm-hmm. then podcaster, and now stand up comic. <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy's gonna write a book. He's gonna he's gonna run the game. I don't know if I'm worthy of all those labels, but I've just never done them, and so I think it's uh, that's the opposite of imposter syndrome, dude. That's wild. A lot of people, like I've I've talked to a lot of people that that. I'm that way. Like uh, in a lot of my bios and things, I'll put "want to be musician," and then like some friends would be like, "What do you mean want to be? You are." And I was like, "Well, sometimes I don't feel that way." You know, just about the art and the art that I'm creating. Like sometimes I feel like a phony, or is that imposter syndrome? I feel like it's the opposite of it. Imposter syndrome is when you have success but you don't believe you deserve it. It's my understanding of it. Oh, maybe. Well, that's exactly what it is. Then. Let me see. That is imposter syndrome. I can tell you real quick. That's that's one of those things that I really wasn't able to wrap my mind around. You know, another one. Imposter syndrome is that uncomfortable feeling you experience when you think you're unqualified and incompetent. Uh, yeah, dude, I've got that big time. Then, well, that's that's just going through it then. So you don't believe that you're qualified or competent? Not most days, dude. And there are sometimes, like, uh, the latest show, like, not hosting the open mic, but um, I was covering for a friend who wasn't able to get to that gig and played that show for him. And I sat down. That show was on Friday. I sat down Sunday evening. (coughs) And practice, it was a two-hour set. I practiced two hours. And by Wednesday, I was at about an hour and a half of things that I was incredibly comfortable with. And then I knew the next 30 was going to be a bit rough. But that was the first time in a long time to where I actually felt like a musician. To where I've... I put in the the work. Now, granted, I understand like some musicians don't have to practice because they play so many shows and it's routine. But man, if you take an off season and like what I did when I got more involved with this podcast with Porch Talk, man, there'll be days or weeks at a time where I don't even want to touch a guitar, and then go host an open mic or get caught up on stage or just anything like that. Is I just feel like the biggest imposter. It's like Dude, I'm I'm out of I'm out of my craft. I'm out of I'm out of practice right now. I'm not I'm not one. Mm-hmm. And that that is something I struggle with a lot. Even even with the podcast, sometimes I feel like an imposter. Some sometimes I just want to quit. Why is that? I just 
it's not even like because i quit looking at downloads and all that i don't it's not even about that because like the it's it's another creative outlet for me it's it's another thing that that helps me to feel human such as like writing a poem or writing a song or being creative maybe drawing something or just writing something down it's like it just helps me to get it out Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about this on the drive down here i was like man maybe in you know two three five years i meet somebody and we're getting married i wonder if i'll continue to podcast Mm. because my life has changed i wonder if i'll ever play another show on stage I wonder if I'll ever play an open mic. I wonder I wonder if I'll even care anymore. Would you hope that you do? I don't know. Maybe I'm just really I'm just really into my family. And I don't know distractions. I think you continue have to have to have outlets in life though. Yeah. Not necessarily saying that they have to be the same ones all the way through, but I'm sure if you were to find someone and get married, that you will find things to serve as outlets, whether they are yeah. the ones you have now or, like you said, it may turn into something totally different. Yeah. I mean, I might change as a person, you know. Sometimes, I like, uh, a friend of yours has been single maybe as long as you've known them. Maybe it ain't been that long. Maybe y'all been hanging out three, six months, maybe a year, two years. And that entire time you knew them they were single and then they get to dating and then you don't see them anymore you talking about a male friend yeah just like someone you would have a beer with right Mm -hmm. you'd watch the ball game with they fall off the face of the earth fall off the face of the earth and it took me a long time to understand that but then when i think about it like just car ride down here i spent an hour and a half just looking at mississippi and thinking about that she's beautiful ain't she something about it ain't no doubt about it I was talking about the differences between Alabama and Mississippi last night uh, when we were shutting uh, Monson and Brothers down. And I was like, it might just be because I'm from Alabama. I was like, I enjoy driving through both states equally. Alabama, the beautiful, as our state sign, it is a beautiful place. But when I drive through Mississippi, a lot of times it's not the physical beauty of it, but it's the history. Does that make sense? It does. It's almost like driving through a time machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, where art thou? Like, you don't have to drive very far in any direction. And you could be driving through some of those towns and places that they said they were in in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie, up to my understanding, was actually filmed here. It was filmed in Canton. Yeah. A lot of it. A lot of it was filmed in Canton. And set in Yazoo City. Uh-huh. And that is one of my favorite films of all time. It's a good one. And I think about, like, every time I go through Yazoo City, I think about that. I think about that. I, is this the right way to eat a beaner? I mean, I think about that. It's, and it, it cracks me up, dude. But, uh, yeah, just back to... And I also thought about it's like... It's also Hollywood forming our perception of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, absolutely it is. An example of, at least. Yeah absolutely and then another thing was like would she give me uh that outlet or would she be a part of the outlet like let's say like i needed music to get whatever out of me Mm -hmm. what if she was a musician and like we became a duo band i think that'd probably be best case scenario for you or maybe (laughs) or maybe 
she had the gift of the gab and she became a co-host and like instead of like not only enriching my life socially she would enrich my crafts yeah wouldn't that be something like a a true companion like a better half like you would, ride or die you yeah you improve you, you you improved every aspect of my life right wouldn't that be wild dude That'd be fucking awesome yeah i've uh you you long drives man what do you think about do you listen to music the whole time like a lot of times i'll drive in silence just to think maybe i sound psychotic i jam the entire fucking time you jam the entire time i jammed uh i left columbus mississippi and i jammed until making i cut the radio off so i could just have a think sometimes that's what it takes sometimes that's the uh i mean i know a lot of people who are like that driving we never opened the show so uh i don't know how far we're in but welcome you to porch talk uh you know him you heard him lee carl is here the canning line podcast if you have not checked that out go give it a check out rate and review this show rate and review that show uh sorry about that but back to the drive i just i wanted to make sure we did plug everything yeah <laughs> <clears throat> Did uh, you ever do that? Just for totally, which I guess you could go back in the edit, but like I just put it in the show notes. I don't edit shit. Like if I forget to open the show, or if I've, I had a recent episode where I got too fucked up. Where we were at was like serving bourbon milkshakes. Where were y'all at? At the Sunstroke House. Where's that at? It's a house venue in Columbus, Mississippi. Gotcha. And I was interviewing Tyler Tisdale from Hattiesburg. Um, afterwards. And I had already had about six shinglings. Come on now. During the show. And so I was, and then the dessert afterwards, the show was bourbon milkshake. And I went upstairs with uh, that bourbon milkshake and that beer. And you can hear me get drunker as we do that podcast. And so, like, I have episodes like that where I'm not proud of myself, but the guests did a real good job of handling me and making it making it a good episode and that's one of those things to where i was like i thought i blew it i listened to a couple of older episodes this morning uh, like bits and pieces of them particularly Uh like the intros and like the first five minutes and i had a song on there and i was freestyling and i said something about beating my meat and i put that out there I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I didn't even... I was like, did I not listen back to this? Uh, that's good, man. Yeah. Uh, I've got a... I've been working on like a pay, paywall type version shows, and we recorded one last Sunday um, after we did The Man Up. You know, you'll, you'll run uh, two episodes. So back-to-back hours of... Um, doing the man up show and then every now and then we'll do a porch talk episode after which is a lot like what a three or four guys really got to talk about after they've been talking for two hours like we're down the dick jokes that's what it has become and i haven't uh aired them but i'm thinking about just behind the paywall because like one like with the audience that i have like i know that's going to be an immediate turn off to about 75 percent then 25 percent is probably like me to where like i am as childish that i think fart jokes are funny i think you should put it behind the paywall yeah and so like i, I do want to I, I do want people to have access to it that that would like to listen to that but i if you enjoy the show that much 
that that kind of lets me know that you might spend a dollar a month just to get some random shit like that. I'm trying to figure out how to structure Patreon. It's a bitch, especially like uh, I think comedians really have it the easiest because, well, musicians do too, but I don't know. Like, if you're a musician and do a podcast, I feel like the frequency of you doing the podcast uh, kind of varies. And my example of that is Dirt from the Road with Nooski. Great, great band from Wisconsin. And I've had Brett Nooski on this podcast, but uh, he's got a podcast called Dirt from the Road. And I love the conversations that he has and the name of it because he's talking to other musicians. What is that? Is that Ben Hardy? Hey, Ben. What the hell? We got to set up another mic. <laughs> that was random. That was random. Good to see Ben Hardy. It's a party now. It's a party now. Oh, man. Ben Hardy just came and looked through the window in the room that we're sitting in currently, for those of y'all listening. <laughs> that is wild, dude. I, I guess since we guy. cut the I guess since we cut the live off, he was like, "All right, they're done." Yeah, he's coming to hang. I'm gonna come hang out. Damn, I'm at the front door. He'll be all right. All right, we gotta finish this. Yeah. I don't remember where I was. Ben Hardy derailed me. Man, what a guy. I don't know where we were either. Just a fresh start. Of Man, what are some of the things that you have learned? Uh, especially, man, like just as far as guest, guest caliber, like are you personally reaching out to them or like is it just going through someone else or like what are some of the ways that you've been like miss mississippi how the hell did that happen i went to the website when she was miss mississippi in 2022 shot your shot yeah and it had a, a contact page to get to it's like a whoever miss mississippi is they run the communications through a certain person and so that person's email was on there, and I just sent an email saying who I was, what I was doing, what I wanted to do, and invited her on. And that lady reached out, and we went back and forth. And she had one open date. This was like a month before her reign ended. This was like in May, and her reign ended in June. And she had one open date. I reached out in February. And luckily, she made it happen. Shout out to Emmy Perkins for making that happen. Y'all, uh, I hope she keep, continues to come back on, dude. Because, like, the second time you had her on, that was a banger, dude. And, like, the, the difference between y'all two, first time and second time, different world. Yeah. What do you think that was? Just because y'all were more comfortable with one yeah. another? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was that was just that, that was what I felt too. The familiarity, yeah. and I mean, I think also too. I don't know this to be fact, but I'm sure there was. Um, I'm sure she was more comfortable not wearing the crown of Miss Mississippi, sitting there and having a conversation on it. She can, uh, on free, a show she with, can freely speak with her mind, someone yeah. like myself. Um, so I think a combination of those things, and the biggest being we were just both more comfortable. Yeah, I think about that too, man. Like. A lot of times the toughest thing could be, and like a lot of times my shortest episodes is because I never was able to break the ice. 
Yeah. It, it, it was a real, it was real tense. And it, <clears throat> you know, you asked the question. It's yes, no. You didn't give me a whole lot to expand on. Yeah, that's unfortunate because people should recognize if they agree to go on a podcast, they're going to be expected to talk. Yeah. And so when you get your when you find yourself in a situation like that, it's like, all right, what the fuck were you even doing? Mm-hmm. Why'd you even decide to come on? Yeah, well, what is this? You just wanted to say you had done it, <laughs> but you didn't really even do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, and a lot of that, you know, it's there's a lot of people I would really like to have on the show that won't come on the show, and then there's a lot of people I'd like to come on the show. But I know that, like, they are so just private. Like, they would have to do a total name change. They would not go by themselves and then pray that, you know, someone that they personally know didn't expose it. Isn't that so unfortunate? (laughs) Yeah, it really is. That people are that hesitant to put themselves out there and express themselves? I think there's levels to it. I think there is maybe some genuineness to it to where... They don't really just, they don't care anything about that, you know. They don't, it's not about fame. It's not about me being outspoken and having a platform to express my opinion. They just genuinely don't care anything about it. They kind of got their head down. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of musicians I know that are prominent, and I would like for them to go on a podcast. I don't care which one. It don't have to be mine. But I've never heard them, like, just sit down in an interview. Uh, Chris Rollins, this is, uh, he was frontman for black flag punk rock and the only interview i ever saw that actually got to him that got more than him being a punk rocker to an interviewer was nardwar and he he did his best to not like him and let him have a bad time but nardwar being nardwar like a he's a comic interviewer he broke down rollins to where he has the best henry rollins interview of all time Mm mm-hmm and it's the only one that Henry isn't being a dick. So, and, and there's a lot of people I'd like to talk to in that, in that form. It's like, they've never interviewed, and I want to be the guy that gets it. That would be dope, the selfish side of things. But then at the same time, it's like, don't meet your heroes, kid, because he's going to be an absolute ass to you. You know, That's just a chance you got to take. Yeah, you got to roll the die. That's just a chance you got to take, because there ain't but one way to find out if, if he or she is not. Or he is. Yeah, true. And, and I'm just the type that, like, if I get a shot, I'm going to take it. Because mm-hmm. taking that shot. I just I, knew I was going to see Hardy on the can line, dude. I was going to be like, <laughs> uh, Lee, Lee Carl done, it, done got the, we got a congregation audience. We're at the Neshoba County Fairgrounds. He's doing it on a porch. There are people sitting in the background in the ditch just listening in lawn chairs and you were interviewing hardy and just shooting the shit about the the fair or whatever that would that would be cool and i would be down to do that but if i had my preference it would be just like this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's a bit much uh I've, I've done a couple podcasts out there and we do them upstairs in the bunk rooms just to get away from everybody just like that because in my head is like this will be good for social media and then also in my head who gives a shit about social media mm-hmm. and instead of like doing it on the stage and letting them play a performance for the crowd we do it upstairs and 
you know, just it's a private conversation. Yeah. Which will be public. Right. Which is, I think, always the best way. I mean, there's, I, I would you ever go to like a, I guess like comic comedy is the, the rarity of this. Like, are you garbage? Like they have booked comedy shows around that podcast to where it's very heckling for the crowd. Like they'll ask the two comics is like, are you garbage if you're 35 and still live with your parents in the basement? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And so they've turned it into something that they tour the whole nation in doing. I would go to one of those. It's it would be fun, right? So like depending on how good, not how good. It's it's not a basis of it's it's the content of your content. Does it have the potential to have paywall material? Does it have the potential to be where you could go to the local theater and sell out the theater because people really want to be involved in what you're doing? And yeah, they, it's very it, – it makes more sense economically for comics to do that that way. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's – I mean, they've provided a platform. Kill Tony's another example. But if you're talking about just doing a, a podcast like Use the County Line, for example, the only way, not the only way, but the most likely way that we will continue to grow is to continue to invest money and time into it. Uh-huh. And my point is, is that I think there are a lot of people in this country and in this world that can create quality content, air quotes. Uh-huh. It's just, do they have the resources access to the resources required to the capital required to, to obtain the equipment to obtain the personnel to make it to the next level the the most difficult thing i think just like in any business is getting to a point when you're starting to turn a profit once you know how much it costs to produce one episode then you can basically break that down to a unit price all right i know i can create one episode from beginning to end in x amount of dollars and then and another thing that I forget to do in that process what's that is like yeah it's easy to factor in the food maybe the drinks maybe what you and your guests may be doing after or before the show that part is money and it's easy to dial in but the parts I fail to think about is when I get home and I have to when I'm in the post production or even in pre-production when I was studying and getting ready or you know, I was I was trying to figure out what this interview is going to pertain to, mm-hmm. or how on the fly am I going to let it be? Am I going to let it go by the seam of my pants? Mm-hmm. I typically do, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll do, you know, maybe anywhere from two to six hours of actual research, actually taking notes on a person, mm-hmm. and really learning about their history, and maybe pushing a little bit to see like. Can we talk about that? Do you want to talk about it? I mean, it, those are the the times that I don't account for. And, like, when I think about the whole production of a episode, it's mm-hmm. not only the travel time or the gas or maybe the food or the drinks, but it's you have to think about your own time, too. Yeah, everybody's time is worth something. Yeah. And also the value of the time that your guest is giving you. Even if you made well, that's the most important. Yeah, and even if you made it very accessible, like I couldn't imagine, like you know, maybe having a studio, like just take Joe Rogan for instance, where people fly over the country just to be on your show. You have that kind of platform, you can do that. But imagine like having a studio in your kind of 
it's a good podcast. You got a great following, but the only rule is you have to come to me. Well, that's then maybe you get to a point to where you can fly your guests, where you can take that expense from them. They just have to. It's just time. Yeah, there's levels to it. There's levels to it. But you got to have money. Yeah. And you have to invest that money in equipment and people mm-hmm. to make that climb happen. those levels. Yep. I mean, that's just a. I've found just to be a fact. And that is, like, I think where I'm at right now. How long have we been having the conversation about me needing to be video? And I just do it every now and again. That's that's the level. That's the next level. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just takes more work. Yeah. It's not that you can't do it. It uh, it takes more work. The editing becomes either more costly on your time or your money, but one of the two. Uh-huh. And I decided, I was like, there's, like, when I got the cameras, and we don't even have any video episodes out yet, but they're coming, and I was like, I know it's going to be more work, it's going to be setting up more cameras, but that's, like, after doing that three or four times, you can do that second nature. Then I started, I got Adobe Premiere Pro. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'll just fucking, I'll just record it, it. and then I'll learn how to do it just like I've done the audio, Mm -hmm. and I could. And I'll still tinker with it, but I recognize real quick, I was like... This is tedious. This is going to take too much of my time. Like, I'm better off. It it is more uh, economically viable and sensible for me to source this out. Uh And so now I've got Blue Sky Studios out of Jackson. They're going to start producing and editing and mixing and doing all the video shit. And we're going to start putting some of that content out. Yeah, and that's and that's where I'm at. Like, if you run two cameras just like this, if you want a weld machine, you wouldn't just show both cameras on a pan or you're always looking at both people. You would have it on whoever's talking. Mm-hmm. And how much time does that take? Good grief. It's, yeah. If it's an hour, two-hour conversation, you got at least an hour, and not to mention all the stop and go, and just to get it just right. I'm sure you probably have to multiply however long the damn video is obviously depending on the people times three and then about a one hour two-person conversation takes three hours to clip just get in right in the right sequence absolutely shout out to those folks yeah dude there's money in that shit too Uh if you can do that shit you got your ass a job you can bet your ass Uh yeah and then like I i thought about it like there's a local guy that he does great video work and i tried to get him like commit to not only like filming our sketches because i want to get back to like doing we used to do sketch comedy at the beginning of porch talk that's kind of how it started like on the social media aspect of it we would we would write these comedy sketches and act them out very low production i mean we would be like recording ourselves uh on our phones and then sending it and then mashing it all together and adding sound effects or whatever else it called for and then it would be like a a minute and a half to three minute production of just two idiots that live four hours apart from each other but that's how they used to have fun when they were roommates and now they're doing it with one's a dude in north mississippi and the other one's in south alabama with he's married with children but they still trying to kick it the only la i know is in lower alabama that's it that's it la baby but uh and that's how like that was a big part of like building the first i would say 500 followers that we had on like some of the socials was just because of those stupid sketches and not stupid but 
definitely dumb. Right to my humor, which is downright to fart jokes. I bet you didn't talk about beating your meat. I did not talk about beating So, I mean, you're doing better than me. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, we all got our place. We got that place we'll go. <laughs> I was going off the dome, and somehow I talked about walking across the street to beat on my meat or something like that. Something stupid. Yeah. Early days, baby. Got hey, you got you to crawl before you can walk. You got to grow. Man, that's, that's something. Um. Have you seen the Real Good podcast? Mm-mm. Bobby Altoff? I don't even know who that is. I didn't either Who's until it? about a week ago. Where are they from? She is from Laguna Beach, California. And the reason I came across her is because I like Drake. And so I look at Drake shit on YouTube a lot. Oh, he went on there. And he went on to Real Good Podcast. And they're sitting in bed. Not how you think. Not sexual in any way. I wish the camera was over that. I was like, oh. <laughs> you want to see Drake fucking? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not only have comics hit the market, but now only fan porn stars have hit the market with new content. This is ASMR on the next level. Your favorite musician? Well, he's meeting your favorite porn star. Dude, I think I've seen some viral images of this to where, like, she kind of, like, halfway under the sheets and, like, kind of holding the mic. Yes. I, yeah, I think, yeah. I was, you, you get a chance to run with something like that, you got to commit to the bit. No doubt. Got to run it. <laughs> no matter how dumb it is. She, I, so I watched the Drake interview, and I also watched, also watched the Lil Yachty interview. You know who Lil Yachty is? Oh, yes, I do. Yaddy, 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 yaddy. Man, I, I had to turn it off. Ooh. I enjoyed the one with her and Drake, but Lil Yachty made the one, his episode, for me, just unconsumable. That happens. He had a hookah pipe. Nothing wrong with it, but he was sucking on it in I, the mic, yeah. and then he would not have inhaled the whole way and he would start talking into the mic. And so it sounded like what you think it would sound like. Shit. RFK Jr. is somebody hard to hear. He is a tough... Have you heard him explain the reasoning behind his voice being that way? I have not. It's something crazy like when he was like in his 50s, he had something happen medically. And whatever happened in his throat caused him to lose the strength of his vocal cords yeah and that's exactly what it sounds like someone's struggling to talk i am not making fun of that man but i i like to listen to him some of his ideas i like and i you know i think he's a viable candidate if people will give him a shot but um it is incredibly hard like could you imagine him being a president you know, so what does the democratic party do with that situation that's a tough one dude i don't think i don't i think they ignore it you know, and like his latest. So, at what point does he have to? What at what point can he not run as a Democrat? Continue to run as a Democrat? You think he'll go Republican, or he'll just go like independent? He'll do like an Andrew Wayne kind of thing and start his own party. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that works because he's running as a Democrat currently, and Biden's already said, who's obviously a Democrat, that he's running. So, at what point do they go head to head? They don't. So how will that as work? Being, as being like the incumbent, like it's kind of like 
Trump not go? What was uh, there was a town hall? Did Tucker Carlson who hosted it? Uh, where he had Vivek Ramaswamy, he had Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, he had like uh, Scott, uh, Haley Scott, or is it Scott? Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. And um, the only one who wasn't there who happens to be the front runner in the Republican Party was Donald Trump. And his response, as far as I understood it, was, "Why would I?" Exactly. I don't. You're you're not even on the same level as me. Why would exactly. I? Even, why would I even give you the airtime? Exactly. So I think Biden, like, if if the if the Democratic Party does a primary, like, if I was Biden, I got proof of work. You might not like the work I did, but I've been doing this for four years. All y'all stance is against each other, and then it's me versus whoever wins that. It's whoever shines out. I think that's the approach. But will RFK have to run as a third party? Will he ever get a shot at Biden? I don't think so. If anybody, it'll be Gavin Newsom. No, I'm I'm asking like the process. Like, is there a Democratic primary? I don't. Even, I don't think so. But, I, but I don't they th- can't both run as Democrats. So it what? So like, what will RFK run as? You have to be independent, right? I th- I think like most hard nosed Republicans, you know, even just down the ballot box, writing R. I don't think a hard-nosed Republican would vote for a Kennedy, do you? I don't think he could switch parties. I think he's like... Why? Why do you think that? The name. What about it? Kennedy, man. That's... It's true blue Democrat. But, like, I, I but would... The, but the Democrat was different in 1960. He, he's that version of that. He's still that, you know, he's that kind of, like, middle of the road. Like, what we call, like, I would say a true liberal. Like, with the democratic party right now you have several tiers just like you have several tiers in the republican party you got the maga which a lot of people would say is the most extreme uh then you even have like i would say more extreme than that where you have what they accuse nick fuentes of doing all the time you know uh extreme shit then you have QAnon, uh which is some wild shit i think that's more of a cult but also like on the Democratic side, you have liberal, a leftist, a progressive. Uh, you have the hippies, and I've met some right wing hippies, but that's a that's a big part of politics too. Is like hippies got involved. Uh, that's a wild that's a wild thing right there. Most of them are independent, I think, but you can win over. Like imagine if like a Grateful Dead and Fish and all those dudes if they got political and all those fuckers went to the voting booth. They travel the whole damn country. You don't think they'd go vote for one day? I think RFK is a thorn in Joe Biden's side. I don't. I don't think he ever gets a shot. I went off on a damn hippie rant. But so uh, how? So how does he? We don't. So we don't know how he, how his election process will develop. Will there even be an election? Like, if we get through the primaries for both parties, like as close as we are to World War Three, would they just cancel the election? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, politics right now is more exciting than dude, it's ever been. You know what the first the first Google search option is when I typed in Will RFK Jr.? What was it? Will RFK Jr. voice get better? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> they, the pulse of the nation feels the same way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's not easy to listen to by any means. What was your first exposure? Was it him and Joe Rogan? No. 
my first exposure to RFK Jr. was through articles through the news media. Oh, really? Bashing him for being an anti-vaxxer and uh, yeah. doing the shit that they do. And so then I started looking in for myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I'm not so sure that's exactly what he means. It's not. And so then I heard him on Joe Rogan. Get a chance to explain himself. Correct. And ever since then, I've been keeping up with what's what's coming out of his mouth. I, I like him. I like him. I'm a fan, dude. Like I like if, him and Trump. If uh, Viability, dude. Like, when it comes to the Republican Party, like, electability is Trump. But, like, viability of the candidate, I would give it to Vivek Ramaswamy. Ron DeSantis is, like, this is one of the worst political campaigns for presidency I've ever seen. And it's just because, in my opinion, he has a horrible campaign staff. They're horrible on the Internet. They make horrible memes. They make horrible promo videos. And it's just, it's cringy. And, like, he's not the most normal guy. Like, all the clips I see of him, like, he was, uh, I think it was in Iowa. Uh, he was holding a beer, and, like, this chick was standing right next to him. And it wasn't nothing sexual at all. But she was like, nice to have a beer with you, uh, Ron. And he was, yeah. <laughs> and then just awkwardly walked off. And I'm like, what the hell, dude? I was like, are you a person? Ron DeSantis? Yeah. Yeah, he's not very electable. Yeah, he's he don't look good on TV, dude. He doesn't he doesn't know how to. He's not a natural salesman. Uh-uh. He's not a natural marketer. I think, and that's why I kind of I kind of understand why Trump feels the way he does about Ron. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think Ron's a bad dude. Oh, I don't either. Um, but in in the in regards to Trump being on another level. You know why, on a nationwide level, so many people know about him is because of like he the war he raised against Disney. But like, ain't a governor just a puppet sock like a a president is? Like the power is actually in the state Congress and state Senate. And when you get down to real politics, it's down to the the city and the municipality. Well, I may I may not be one hundred percent correct on this, but I think Florida's a lot like Alabama and Mississippi in that it's a Republican dominated legislature Uh and so then they've got i think they've got the triumvirate i think they've got the governor senate and the house they just kind of run shit yeah yes yeah and so and like i don't know if that's 100 percent true and and like when he you know will he run for president he is the he's the most known governor in the union maybe behind gavin newsom or hokel up in new york um I want to go to California and see what the fuck that shit looks like. If it's really as bad as I people. love talking to Jake about that because he was in San Francisco recently, like a few months ago, and like talking to Jake about that, I was like, "Is it as bad as what I see on the internet?" And he's not all parts, but yeah, it. Some streets is exactly like what you see. It's just you know blocks of the street, and there is just people like practical zombies who are just strung out on drugs so how do you think the election will play out ultimately in 2024 i think like everything way too early prediction yeah i'm totally fine with this dude um i'll give you two uh if which i don't even think it matters if they pin him or not like the more the media and 
all these district attorneys go after Trump, it just seems to make more and more people like him. Like, I don't really look at polls when it comes to politics this early because we haven't had the Republican and Democratic primary. But, like, I look at what people are betting on. And when you go to gambling websites, Trump is at, like, 68 cents to a dollar. And so what that means is if you bet or buy stock in, let's say you bought, to make it easy, 100 shares of Donald Trump winning the Republican primary. Well, that 68 cents you put down, if you win, you get a dollar. So you got you made a hundred dollars, which would have cost you sixty eight bucks, and then someone like Vivek has he runs at like sixteen cents. So if he wins, your odds are astronomical. Like you made a lot of money, and that's how I would look at polls because people are putting their money where their mouth is, and looking at the polls, it's going to be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, not polls, but the gambling websites, mm-hmm. and no one is remotely close to Biden like I think RFK is number two but it's it's just like a number two to Trump it's like Biden is at like 69 cents and RFK is at like 13 like because I don't think the party itself knows what to do with him and I believe a lot of people are scared to say that they are a RFK junior because the media painted him as an anti-vaxxer mm-hmm. and like here in a little while, he'll probably be racist or whatever these ugly things that. Oh, they've already they've already said that. Oh, he's he's oh he's racist of now course, too. Of course, he's a racist, Alan. Oh, I mean, I mean, what is an, uh, he's probably a trans. Everybody he, is, is he, racist. Is he, is he transphobic yet? I, I can't attest to that. I so that's probably that. down the pipe if we're predicting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, of uh, I would say, uh, Trump versus Biden, mm-hmm. and Trump wins. And I'm talking big. And to be honest with you, like, that is the most impressive election campaign I've ever seen run out of a basement in 2020. I don't know how the fuck Joe Biden won. I know it was a vote against Donald Trump, but, like, I wa- you know, I like politics. So well, I, hindsight's I, 2020. I, I watch, yeah, yeah, no kidding. I watch. I, I like watching these debates. I like watching them when they're doing their campaign, when they're speaking in Iowa, when they go to New Hampshire, you know, when they're speaking at rallies. I like watching that. I do and, too. But the biggest tell is the crowd. Every time I saw like Biden out speaking, that it was practically to an empty room, you know. And that that was real strange to me. I was like, "Where's the?" And I, I have friends of mine uh, that worked on his campaign, and I I really want them on the show because like. And I've talked to him about it a little bit, but not well enough to explain. But the way that they ran that campaign was like in dark mode. Like they they had so many feet stompers, and just it was it was ballot harvesting. It was going door to door, and at that time we had mail in voting, and like they had door knockers, like a whole apartment complexes, whole city blocks, whole cities, whole towns that were going door to door, and like here vote. All right. Well, I don't know how to vote. Well, just go for Joe. That's factual? That's some of the things that they told me. I don't know if they would come on Porch Talk and say it, but they ran a real good campaign, like a, in, on dark mode. It's, they, it, it's not cheating. It's legal in the states they did it in. 
but that was they knew the states they needed and that's the states they worked hardest look in. the democrats may have been hijacked by crazy people but that does not I'm, i will not take their ability to market uh run get, an election get out the vote messaging but, yes is they are they are tremendous at they that. do a wonderful job yes they do a wonderful job which and and that's the biggest thing and so like in 2024 this is my other option is uh probably you'll see biden win the senate stays democrat and i think the the house will go back to democrats that's the other option i see and it's a like he'll actually get a two years to where he can really go in just like his first two years I think we will see the establishment media go after RFK just as they've gone after Trump. My question for you is, do you think the indictments are legitimate? And do you think that... On Trump? And, and, yes, on Trump. And that they are as severe as the media would have them have us believe they are. I don't think they're real. I think it's man. It's uh, it goes back to that. Uh, it's kind of like a Me Too movement kind of thing. I don't even remember that chick's name, but the story that she told, like I was very interested. In. I was like, are they actually gonna pin him for this? Like something that happened 15, 20 years? You bet your ass they are. And so like they're they're nitpicking and finding things that are extremely factual or hearsay, things that you can't prove otherwise. Or else the media will paint you as a misogynist. So do you think that they know that these charges are illegitimate, but that they can actually charge him, even they, even though they may be minute, but they're utilizing it as a, as a PR smear against Trump? That's exactly what it is, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's working. I mean, like, when you go on those gambling sites and you look at every time a news story comes out of him, dude, it... His, his stock price goes up. It's working for him. It's working for him. Yes. And it's almost to a point to where he don't even need to do rallies. He doesn't need to go on TV. He doesn't need interviews. He doesn't need town halls. Right. I mean, I don't even know if he needs to go to a Republican debate. Like, it's, it's probably going to be him. Well, I mean, at this point, my personal opinion, if, if I were a Republican, I would say go with it. And, I, and, and me, as Lee Smith, Lee Carl, of the Republican candidates in the field currently, I think he should be the one. Yeah. And Democrats, I think RFK should be the one. I, just, I like Vivek and I like RFK. And, you know, if we end up with an election like RFK against Vivek, then a whole lot of hope will have been I, restored in America. That would be like the least hostile... That's another thing. Like, if, if Trump wins, dude, I think there's going to be, like, if you thought um, some of these riots and cities burning was bad, it's going to be 10 or 100 times that. Maybe since the Twitter files have been released, social media will not have as much of an impact from a constraint standpoint on information as it did in 2020. Maybe. Maybe it can be a more thorough, thoroughly vetted election in the way of you know letting information flow i don't know yeah you look at uh anna kasparian young turks you know what i'm talking about yes uh when they came out with the new term bonus hoe for what a woman's vagina is 
she said, like, you know, don't call me a birthing person and don't call my vagina a bonus hoe. And this is what's crazy about, like, the left side of American politics right now. It's like they will go after their own. And so, like, they have been so mean and mocking her and, like, writing bad articles about her to where, like, they are probably going to push her, not Republican, but they're going to push her more toward the middle. And so, like, people who have these political shows, such as Temple or Young Turks or um, Krasensteins or even uh, the Hodge Twins or uh, Steven Crowder, like, these people are going to be more and more in control of the political commentary of the nation versus your CNNs, your NBCs, your Fox News, MSNBC. And so, and there's not going to be a damn thing that they can do about it. And it's going to become, like, you're going to talk about the Daily Wire and the Young Turks like you talk about Fox and CNN. It's just going to be a total transfer of just how people get their news. Isn't that a beautiful thing? More independence, but also people more radicalized. Well, just the fact that new outlets can rise up. It's uh, the I, I would say that you know we had an industrial revolution. That was the last one that we went under. The thing that we've been living under as of late, and most people will acknowledge that it's real, is a technological revolution. For sure. And that lends itself to those who are technologically savvy to be able to rise up in this capitalistic system that we're under. You are correct. And you are going to see more and more types. And it's all the your biggest shows are always going to be politics or comedy. Those are the two things that people are drawn to. And like you're going to have those who are going to stand out above the rest who are going to rise up such as your Daily Wires, your Stephen Crowders, your Young Turks, your, your Porch Talks. We don't really do politics. We'll t- I'll, I'll have a political No, I'm just saying it's it's an owl that's going to continue to rise. I hope so. I mean, this might piss everybody off. Who knows? They might, fuck Alan, dude. <laughs> He's a Donald Trump guy. I'm not. I'm, I'm, you asked my opinion on something. I was like, well, here's what I think. Yeah. Just, just looking at the data that I have, I could be dead wrong. And we could talk in a month and I, shit, who knows what happens. Do you catch shit for, uh, where will, it sounds like you'll catch shit from somebody for, touting admiration or a prediction that Trump will win. Yeah, sure I will. Uh, but do you receive that often? No, because I don't talk about it often. Hmm. Like on Man Up, we'll talk about it a whole lot more. And, um, you know, usually they'll attack me because it'll be a short, something out of context. Mm-hmm. And they won't attack my idea. They'll attack the way that I look or the way that I talk. And that's a cultural thing. When you can't uh, pick apart someone's information with better information, you attack them as a person. You build a, sca- a, sca- a, a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Scarecrow argument. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, if you want to make fun of my hat or the way that I talk instead of talk about the statement that I made, what is that saying about you? Hmm. Man, sit down, maybe do... You know, look some stuff up and come at me. That's what I like. If you have a critique of the things that I've said, write me an email, call me. Uh, hell, come on the show. We'll talk about it. I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you disagree with me this so much, but, dude, if if you do not come with a good argument and it turns into a shouting match of insults, we've got a huge issue. So we should be able to sit down, come to the table, and 
talk things through. I was having, and, a, and maybe you changed my mind. That's right. I was having a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, and for whatever reason, the conversation turned to abortion. Oh boy, beers had been had, and uh, I mean, I was perfectly fine. Um, other gentlemen, maybe not so much, and he expressed an opinion that he had assumed that, that you, I would, would hold? I would not like. Oh, so uh, after he disclosed his opinion, I mean, I just didn't give a reaction. I continued the conversation and just gave a rebuttal to whatever he had said. Very respectful, you know, mm-hmm. gentlemanly manner. And later on in the conversation, he circled back and he said. Um, I didn't mean to, you know, piss you off back there. I was like, you didn't piss me off. I had that happen to me recently, dude. Just at a casual party, right? And we were talking politics. And later that night, beers were had. And I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to be a dig. And they had brought up something. I don't know. I don't remember what the political headline it was about. We got a rain, it looks like. It did rain. So, uh, maybe it'll cool off a little bit. Maybe it will. Um, thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. Um, I don't remember what big political story had happened, but I expressed that I thought it was bullshit and that it, it's not even real. It's just meant to further drive a cultural wedge between the two parties to where they don't have anything to talk about but hate on each other rather than looking at the policy. And... He started trying to take digs, and I was like, dude, I'll, I'll go home. I was like, I'm not, I don't understand why you're coming to me like this aggressive. It's like, you, what are you doing? Like, let's go back to just talking about football or the weather. Yeah, be, uh, alcohol and politics are parties. Yeah, it's not it's, a good. It's not a time, it's not the time or place. And then, it, and then it's the same thing that you just said, you know, on your end of the story was, I didn't mean to upset you. It's like, well, <laughs> Why do you keep bringing it up? Yeah. And you're not upsetting me, but, dude, I, I do want you to shut the fuck up. I won't discuss politics if it's more than me and another. If it's just me and another person, I'll talk about it. Or if it's, like, two or three people and everybody's civil. But, like, once it gets over two or three people. It's a shout match. Yeah, it's just, it's, if it's not in a controlled setting. Yeah. And, like, all of these things that we recognize that we're talking about right now, the Founding Fathers understood that very well you know there need to be processes and procedures Mm -hmm. in place so that people don't just fucking get out of hand and start screaming and shouting and you know put laws in place to control people in a good way so that uh debate can be had ain't that the beautiful thing about how the first amendment's worded it was worded perfectly and we would have to look up exactly what it says but like your protection of free speech and like our big shout match on the internet right now, just going back to the last episode, whether you talk about a music video or maybe even a post somebody made that got them banned. Uh, and we get in this big argument over free speech and how free you are to say it. Uh, I'm a maximalist on that. You can say whatever the fuck you want, mm-hmm. but you need to leave your comments on and be open to whoever doesn't agree and then that's the part we miss instead of name calling and just being ugly to each other we could have a serious debate maybe we can't change each other's minds but wouldn't that be good to go through a thread of two people you know that don't agree 
and like kind of see the whole thing and just a real cool-headed discussion. I can't believe Trump's indictments and the treatment of him by the justice system wholeheartedly because of the lying that the media obviously did throughout COVID. Yeah, that 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 was like the the biggest shift for me in I don't think they lost all my trust completely. I don't know if I'll ever trust MSM again. Like I I don't care like brand new staff, brand new face. I don't care if it's if it's Fauci, I don't care if it's the CDC or the WHO or whoever the hell it is. It's like all this back and forth, flip-flops, mask up, don't mask, mask up, don't mask. One shot, two shot, three shot, four. Uh, hickory dickory duck, I got diabetic socks. Ah. <laughs> I've, dude, I'm just sick of the shit. <coughs> and so the best thing that I'm going to do is like, next thing some dumb shit like that pops off because hell it probably will is i'll do what i did the first time i'll go to my personal doctor and be like you know my health you know me what should i do that's who i fucking believe i don't believe some dipshit that don't know me right i mean shit we're all different people i mean ain't one person the same not even twins it has been nice here in the past year or so that the covid talk has well obviously it disappeared but the talk about it finally fucking stopped. I was so goddamn tired of hearing fucking COVID talk. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's become like a staple, too, and I do it a few times. I'm guilty of it. But, like, I like to ask people, what was the biggest thing you learned during COVID? And nearly everybody has a different answer. But that's an interesting question. It is an inter- interesting question. But, I, I, dude, I get so sick of hearing that five-letter word. Yeah, that is an interesting question. So what would you learn? Uh, that I would not have been able to do. The music industry shut down. There was no touring. Nobody was doing shit. It was at a standstill, much like the world and most of hell the country. The world was shut down. So I got a lot of musician interviews and got to talk to a lot of people in their kitchen, in their garage, that I probably would have never met. And the biggest thing about that was shooting my shot. It was the best time in my lifetime probably to be able to talk to people of that caliber and it never would have happened if i didn't pull that trigger 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 let her rip tater chip that's it and even if they don't reply even if they say no it doesn't matter i posed the question i needed to do and i move on but yeah that was the biggest thing and it's like man believe i guess you know not only shoot your shot but do believe in your show and continue to create a damn good show yeah, if if we don't believe in ourselves, who will? Yeah. I mean, that's where it all starts. And it, it also taught me a lot about, like, um, just people I know or, did, or didn't personally know. And just that was the beginning of another cultural, like, wedge that kind of drove further po- people further and further apart. Their thoughts. Like, even a damn sickness became political. Like, everything's political. It was the dude. The stars lined up, unfortunately, for the evolution of technology to already be causing mayhem in the world, combined with a pandemic, mm-hmm. and it just made for a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And then, like, the whole, like, look at the origin story. Now, now a lot of media outlets are actually, like, owning up that it came from a lab in Wuhan. And then, like, there are some people who are like, no, the hell it didn't. And it was like, some people knew this from the start, dude. Like, damn, the whole bat shit, you're bat shit crazy if you think that. Or a a pingle or whatever the fuck. Pangolin. What? I didn't even know that thing existed. I didn't me. either. I was, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, shit, this is some bad shit if it came from this ugly motherfucker. <laughs> I recommend looking that up. Like, much like, Learn how to spell that. That should be asked at a spelling bee. What a word. Yeah. it. Uh, I, I, re- I remember reading a paper Taylor Stribling sent me. He sent to his brother Trent, and, and I got it from Trent. But it was like a month after. This is like April 2020. Uh-huh. And, I mean, outlining – Everything from origins to scientific paper. Uh-huh. Basically, disclosing and ultimately confirming what now has come out and be and been accepted to be fact uh-huh. that about you know the, the virus starting in the Wuhan coronavirus lab. Uh-huh. And I'm just watching this this media debacle play out from April 2020 all the way through with this information in my head. Now, mind you, I had not decided 100% that I believed that paper. But as time has been kind to us and more and more things have come out, that paper has been confirmed. And I, I, I apologize. I don't remember who wrote it or put it out. Maybe it's the Lancelot. Don't, don't hold me to that. Mm-hmm. But if you go read that and look at the date that it was put out and then look at what's now being accepted, to your point, by media outlets it's pretty damn close to what's ultimately been confirmed and that's another thing about msm is uh see if you line up with this or not but uh msnbc nbc cnn abc they tell you what to believe and then fox is as far as siri talking to us go it's it's as far as what is acceptable like this is as far as you're able to go right on a spectrum without being labeled a conspiracy theorist yeah and that is the way that i look at msm i'll look at well cnn is covering the story this way then you see what fox is doing Mm -hmm. okay they're both full of shit they're painting the narrative where do i get a real story is there somewhere where this guy or chick was interviewed to where i can actually hear their side Okay, I'm going to start there. Because, like, what's the saying? The lie will make it all the way around the world before the truth even has time to put its shoes on. That's right. And then what's happened as of late is when truth comes to be known as fact, truth becomes a traitor to the lies that we told. And some people, they treat this, it's like a cult-like mentality to where when the truth comes... It would fuck up their entire worldview, political landscape, and it would actually line them up with someone they believe to be a political extremist to where they have to live in a disbelief bubble. That's the danger of placing yourself in a fucking box and putting a label on yourself and saying, I am this, and I believe this about this and this and this and this, and if I don't see it this way, then then that makes me not this. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. So we should all just be independent. I look at the media on the on definitely on the left. If they label something to be a derogatory and they intend on it to be a derogatory, uh, hold a derogatory connotation in the way of labeling, mm-hmm. 
I take that term and I give it zero meaning. And if somebody calls me that, I don't even pay it any attention because that that sentiment associated with that word, uh-huh. conspiracy theorist, for example, has been created by the FBI to suppress <laughs> truth. Uh-huh. No, not or that, the opposite like- the opposite opinion of the the Democratic Party and the left, and look how they get ahead of themselves now. Like, let's just take a an Alex Jones. You know, he's conspiracy theorist number one, who happened to be pretty right about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think he's number one. I think he's funny. I think he's an he definitely is funny. But and then number two is like he's so damn entertaining. And then number three is like. I would say, like, maybe a tenth of what he says when it comes to what people would label conspiracy theory at least is pretty close to what happens 5, 10, 15 years later. And you're like, well, you know, it's like a a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing at that point. It's like, well, he's kind of worth checking out because he's wild as hell. He's funny. And sometimes he's right. I asked Sid Salter, director of communications at Mississippi State, when we had a conversation, I asked him, Simply, is it just the people with the most money who have the loudest, most influential, and persuasive voice? And you can go back to that podcast episode and listen to see exactly what he said. But I I posed that question to him because that's the way I think it is. And I think that's why Alex Jones' message was not seen as more mainstream obviously is because he didn't have the most money back in those times when he's made those predictions to get his message out there yes he's had the internet but he ain't got the money of a corporation that like fox or cnn and so and on top of probably getting suppressed correct absolutely especially in the day uh, day and age of youtube and shadow banning on social media and it was interesting watching the career of rush limbaugh I've, I had a, my grandfather, I remember riding in the vehicle with him and listening to Rush with him. And then I had a uh, a boss who I would ride around with after work because I was like his number two guy and work really wasn't never over for a period. And so I spent a lot of time in the vehicle with him. And he would listen to, he wouldn't catch it live, but we'd listen to Rush, like the post-production Rush episodes or whatever. And seeing just what a grasp he had on, especially when it came to radio, conservative radio, and as his life and how it seemed like outlets got more and more of a handle of how people could receive information of a different opinion, he started seeing suppression in his latter years of radio up to the point to where he passed. And it was, it was, it's always like, that should always be a red flag to people to me if we can't have both sides equally and fairly. That should really be a red flag to people, I, and, to me. And number two is, like, you ask anyone from another country who watches our news, it's like, I don't know why Americans watch this if they not figured out it's propaganda. It's all bullshit anyway. Yeah. Like it's And it's crazy. It's like, well, <clears throat> you should start a show... Or even the way that you construct a conversation should be about good and uplifting things. Yeah, and then I have to spend so much time, it seems like, correcting and talking about these narratives because they've already told us what is allowable to talk about to where we're 
we're kind of boxed in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the things that are common knowledge, like you don't want to come from left field about something that nobody's heard of. You want to talk about relevant shit. I think. And they pigeonhole you into. I think they're in the twilight of their yeah. era. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They are. Yeah. I mean. And it's good to watch them squirm. And they'll have to change course and to, they'll probably to keep end the business up as going. A Harvard resident, and they'll probably teach a class on journalism that is dead. And then next thing you know, Joe Rogan will start a a class about conversations and how to make friends. (laughs) And that'll be a free course offered online. And the next thing you know, it's like podcasts and that kind of communication is totally taken over. And I'm joking, but who knows? How many podcasts, like, have you seen pop up from people that you just grew up with or like were just aware of? Like I've, I know so many people that have just kind of started podcasts in the past two or three years. They may not stick with it. Yeah, I hadn't seen a whole lot of people stick with it. But they're doing it. They'll yeah. try. Oh, yeah. I think they realize how much work is involved and they kind of, well, oh, this is it's a little much. It's not easy. You think, you think just hook a phone up, call a friend, have a conversation. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's uh, I mean it's just like anything else you you do it for a certain period of time and then you get to a point where you have to ask yourself if you're really committed to it to do the work that it's going to take to continue mm-hmm. and if you do then yeah your workload's going to increase but that's how people get weeded out yep of anything yeah and I don't know maybe sometimes they have good ones one thing I, I would like there's over like one point three million podcasts right now in oh existence. it's more than that huh probably more than that and i wish like podcasts that went dead like that there should be like a if you go vacant for like unless it's like a, a series a series podcast should be done but even then the value of that content should be weighed like, i just there are so many porch talks and like of the 175 that exist a hundred of them ain't even active anymore. I see what you're saying. And it kind of clogs me up. Yeah. You know, it's like that shit should be removed or at the bottom of a search. Like the algorithm needs to improve. Like it, it the algorithm should promote people who are active no matter what. And everything is a level. No matter, no matter if you're mid, no matter if you're on now. Yeah. I must be on to something. <laughs> it got pretty fucking close. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree with you. If it's not active, they shouldn't even be on the register or, yeah. or count towards search engine optimization or anything like that. Maybe not the content itself is review, removed. Like, you can still find it, but it should be at the very bottom of the search bar. But it probably goes by popularity. It does. And that's why ratings and reviews matter. And, like, man, shout out to it lately. People have really done a good job of rating and reviewing. And I appreciate y'all taking the time because that really helps. It it just does. Yeah, I mean, what I didn't recognize before analyzing demographic data on podcast downloads is just how vast the internet is. And you, I mean, it's it's no different, in my opinion, than me going up here once a week to the courthouse in Philadelphia and just start talking. What I mean by that is corner preacher with an angry face. What I, what I mean by that is is that not a whole lot of people are going to 
just walk up and listen to me talk, particularly if they don't know I exist. So the internet world is very similar in that sense. It's like, yes, you can be out there. You can put your podcast out there mm-hmm. or your content or whatever it is. But if people in that world aren't passing by your house, then yeah. it's going to be hard for them to even know that you exist. That's why I think it's brilliant. Like just to go back to some of these comedy podcasts that have these live events that people buy tickets to go do. Mm-hmm. And I think like with Porch Fest, and I'm, that's another thing. There's a million and one Porch Fest in the United States of America. And I like that. Uh, I have my own. Mm-hmm. And that is the real world way to connect with me and people who have been on the show. Musicians, like that's the rules, like with the artists, with the comedians, with the musicians, with people who are involved. Those people have been on the show. They have partook. Like they are part of the Porch Talk community. Mm-hmm. And the people who come, yeah, maybe they've been on the show too, but they're also fans of the show. And because y'all like the same thing, it's a chance to build community. And, like, that is my cultural pie, is creating my own community, not just online, but also in the real world. And, man, I would love it. Like, uh, I thought I saw it. It was, like, the third porch fest that I did. Mm -hmm. And this is the second to last one I did at my house. Uh, Two people met each other. One was from Mississippi. The other was from Alabama. Roll, Dad. They live five hours apart. They started dating after they met each other at my house at a party, basically, a porch fest. And I was like, after three months, I was, they was going pretty steady, and I was like, I'm going to have a kid named after me. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I connected two people who would have never found each other. I was like, man, that's... I'm not taking any like of the credit, but it's just crazy how something was created and two people liked it, and then they found each other in the real world mm-hmm. because of it. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, that is, that's like church, you know? It is. That's that's a congregation. That's 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 <laughs> like-minded people, you know? I was like, that's a beautiful thing. It is, especially if it works. Are they still dating? No, they're not. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I, I thought it was going to be the one. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but they had time that they enjoyed with they, one another, I'm yeah, sure. They had. They made some memories. That's something to be proud of there, Big Al. Shit, dude. I, I think about weird shit like that. Dude. I do, too. Yeah, I mean, you ever think about like how your mom and daddy met? Nick could tell you the story, but like it. I mean, what are the odds? And then, boom, you exist. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And then you go back further than that. And it's like, well, I'm a third generation immigrant and like. You know, my father was, or my great great grandfather is from Ireland, and well, my my great great grandmother came down from Ontario. And how the hell did they meet? They didn't even speak the same language, but somehow they made it work. And boom, three generations here, my dumbass is. You were just meant to exist. Yeah. No other way to no other way to slice it. But I love I love that you know uh, about some cultures don't give a shit about that, but I like the cultures that do. Yeah, that keep up with their lineage and where they came yeah. from. The that's history, it's yeah. very interesting. I think that's why that twenty three and me, and things like that exist. Where like if, and imagine this, like being a bastard, or I'm not hating on these people at all, but adopted. Mm-hmm. To maybe you don't, you never get the opportunity to meet your real parents, or maybe some medical complications happen to where they're no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And like, how does it feel? 
or maybe you never knew any better but like let's just say you you're at the age eight nine to where you actually remember being in foster care and being adopted and going through the progress and i wonder like by the time you hit 17 if you ever think about that it's like why didn't my original family want me oh i'm sure that has to that has to wear on you i'm sure and every person that's ever been in that situation but, has on, the, that. but on the flip side how much more love did this other family have that they brought me in as their own yeah it's complicated very complicated <laughs> yeah that i think that would be an interesting uh episode to do if someone was willing and they felt that they needed, about that, that. needed to tell that story i'd be more than willing to have them wouldn't that be something i've talked to people who have adopted and their journey because it's a very difficult and expensive thing to do in this country and uh you know most of the stories that i've captured come from uh barren wombs you know they they tried but they just for whatever reason weren't capable Mm -hmm. and that was the route that they went and you know it's a journey you know some of these nine months year and a half three-year process you know trying to get everything right and then something not working out with that child and then you have to start the process over it's like it's grueling you know it has to be has to be and for something that you want a child and it's out of your control but there there's this route that you can go that you have to completely prove that you're i wonder why it takes so long that's a good question government i wonder why it's so expensive i would think for the betterment of the child because i mean who better would want a child than a pedophile where you can skip the cartel and the market and just adopt and then boom you got so is it a, the vetting process that takes so long? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be my guess. That makes sense. And I'm not being ugly, but I was taking the worst possible path with that. That makes sense. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking about some wild shit, dude. Appreciate you uh, opening up the County Line studio, doing it, man. You got it going on. I'm. You got it all. With Alan sitting in that seat, yes, I do. Dude, tell, <laughs> tell me about the merchandise. The new shirts, I love the new. You got the Ole Miss blue. Got the pow- Ole Miss blue. powder blue. The powder baby. blue. Um, got yeah, we got coffee some, mugs. Yeah, so you could go to the. You can go to our website and there's merchandise on there. I will say this is terrible marketing, but I ordered quite a bit of stuff just to test out the i want to buy drop ship one of each from you before i go i don't want it to be i want to pay for it i want to support you on that i got you on that i got you um and so i'm saying all that to say if you order more than say one or two shirts uh-huh. and you don't receive your order just get in contact with me and because i've had issues with that and we're trying to get it fixed where, but where do they go do that at countylinepodcast.com See, I'm my cheap ass went with .net. Lee Carl is for real. He's on that .dot com. I'm on the .dot com bones, son. Mm-hmm. Well, carry on, dude, with the plug your merch, man. It looks great. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, you got so I've got two different options right now. Right now, I've got the powder blue shirts. Those aren't on the website. You can go on the website and get whatever colors are available. 
I think right now it's white and gray. It may just be white, but you can go get coffee mugs, which those have been popular. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's been ordered I, the most. People uh, off my online store, they'll buy koozies out the wazoo. Love them koozies. Yeah. Or that's another thing. What do you call it? Huggy. Huggy. Yeah. There's a lot of words. Huggy hugger koozie. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to describe. Those it. are the three most. Like when I got to Louisiana, everybody was calling it a koozie. I was like, what the fuck y'all talking about? It's the funnest way to say it. And then when I say huggy, they're like, "Oh, you redneck ass." Think about a diaper. Yeah, oh, redneck ass. I'm like y'all can't say shit. <laughs> Coon asses. <laughs> I love them though. Oh man, yeah, that's a fun word. We were looking up like racist uh, things to say. Uh, have you heard the term for white people? It's called mayonnaise monster. Yeah, dude. That's a new one. That's probably my favorite. I've been waiting for the day that I get called that. I, and, like, I won't see it as a slur. I'll be like, thank you. That's, but usually they'll hit me with the ginger shit. But what happens when I go bald? What are you going to do then? I've noticed that black people mostly refer to white people if they're going to do it in a derogatory manner cracker. as cracker. Yeah. Uh, you white bitch ass. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, but white people, when they talk about a derogatory term they use honky a lot like for themselves I, I white trash is popular as well yes sir it is white trash is a fucking great <laughs> name yeah I, mean, I wanted to name my next band that but the the guys that i'm working with is like we don't, we don't want to be called white trash Think about and then that. i was going come on and, th- and then and then i was like all right we'll name it after a daniel sharp song <laughs> let's, let's call ourselves aggressive white trash but we'll go by alt and they was like, well, we're not the biggest gun guys, and we don't want to be known as the abbreviated version of aggressive white trash. I, like, <laughs> well, I, I, just, I just can't win. <laughs> white trash. Dude, how close to white trash do you think you grew up? Do you think you grew up as white trash or close to white trash? Uh, if, if I didn't grow up white trash, I was adjacent to it. I was on that fence. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, families who were in the upper poor class, middle class, uh, we probably didn't hang out because I was considered to be white trash. Yeah. I would say that. That doesn't make you a bad guy, though, Alan. Oh, no. <laughs> but, and I'm not ashamed of that, dude. I like four-wheelers and shit like that. I, got some I don't white- think that's that makes anybody white trash. I don't either, but it's associated with it. I also grew up in a trailer for a period. You know, like I mean, meth is also associated with white trash. Meth, oh meth, mouth, Molly, that's the thing. That's like the one hundred percent deadbeat dad cue for white trash. Yeah, uh, wife beaters. Ironically, dirty, greasy ass wife beaters. Yeah, dirty do, ass jeans. Do you think they attract uh, attack the trades by affiliating it with white trash, like your mechanics, plumbers and? Is that why a lot of people don't want to do that anymore, or you think it's just because they don't want to do physical labor? I think a little of both. Because uh, we need electricians, we need plumbers, we oh, need yeah. we need mechanics. Dude, I bet a small motor mechanic could make some. Well, money. that's why it's, it costs so much to get something done is because there's so few craftsmen and uh, skilled labor. Yeah, and so you got to charge out the ass to you know get yeah. the best and to keep the best that you got. That. And so then, as a consumer, you know, you get somebody to change your oil and it's one hundred fifty dollars. You're like, fuck. Uh-huh. 
Y'all better. T- I like the. There was a place in Starbucks. I gave these assholes a chance <laughs> one time. I'm trying to. I think it was called like. Uh, it was some off the wall oil change place, but it was like an express, and I was like, I'll give these guys a chance. I wish I could remember the name of it because it's ironic. It was something like. Uh, it wasn't Jiffy, but it was something relative fast. I'll lube your tube. <laughs> So, something something to that effect, dude. I'm not kidding. And I go in there, and up on their wall is a 15-point inspection where they would check your tire pressure, you know, windshield wiper fluid. They would vacuum your inside out. I was like, you'll vacuum the inside of my vehicle out? Bet. And, like, they had other – it's a 15-point check, and they had other shit like that that they were checking while they were changing your oil. And I guess that was the incentivizing for why their oil change costs more than everybody else's. I took it to him one time. I was like, I'm on. I'll fuck with you. I like living. I got back in there, and they didn't even do the vacuum. And I went back in there and asked about it. And I was like, I got a free oil change. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, read the sign, punk. Uh, y'all promised me a 15 that I was paying for 15 things, and you didn't give me but 14. What if I got under the hood? Did you give me all of those? And I was asked to leave. So I didn't go back. So, damn, dude. If you got to live up to your end of the deal, you know what? I like living in New Orleans because they had a bunch of five-minute oil change places. Boy, I'd be in and out. Imagine how many stripped screws. That's something hard to put together. Stripped screws. Yeah, I done stripped a screw, as they said. Uh, There are, because of those five-minute... You you hitting that oil pan plug with a impact, zipping it. Well, that thing's got to be easing up like a. I ain't gonna say her name. It's got to be getting pretty widened out. I'm sure. Getting worked on. Lots of repetition. Yeah, it's been around the town. Mm-hmm. Passed around like a bottle of crown. What a time to be alive. Anything else to do, man? Man, I just appreciate you coming, spending the time with me. Yeah, it's good to do the podcast and we get some content down and all that. But at the end of the day, we sitting here having a conversation. Good to hang, dude. And uh, so I appreciate it and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, dude. Anything to plug before you walk out? Y'all just go check us out, com. You can get all the merch. You can get all the socials. You can find the episodes via Spotify on the front page. Uh, if y'all want to reach reach out, there's a contact tab. So y'all just hit us up. Right on, dude. I enjoyed the conversation. Oh, and absolutely, uh, I want to plug this. If there's anybody that y'all want to suggest come on the county line, or if somebody wants to come on the county line, just go to that contact tab, and then you can put in an inquiry or a request there, and then we'll get in touch with them. I want to try to do this like once a month, dude. Like whether I come down, if it's county line or if it's porch talk i don't I don't care which one or if it's both but like that thing we didn't even bring it up but that thing you were talking about as far as just a network for podcasts in this area absolutely is like just to kind of put our money where our mouth is on that and actually make it happen yep and i mean it's it's important to familiarize the community with the podcast world because yep. it can be used just as it's used nationally and globally mm-hmm. it can be used locally and it's just a matter of the your own little infrastructure mm-hmm. and then once you have a network you can branch out and network with other networks right on could have talked about we'll have something to do next time well dude let's sign on out 
Appreciate you. Peace. Yes, sir. I wake up, the sun's still down Can't see around the room Got a big old mess around the house Don't know what to do Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got the blues Car won't start, my dog got sick Got two leaks on the roof Got a pass to bill from the termite folks A chip on my front tooth Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got the blues I get down when baby's got the blues Yeah, I get down, don't know what to do Ain't nothing's right when baby's got the Yeah, nothing's right when baby's got